Okay, and we are live. We are live uh, on Hangouts on YouTube, so very nice. Um, I don't see a chat window, so if anybody shows up to chat, oh, there's a chat window. There we go. Okay, cool. All right. How are you doing today, Chris, out there on the uh, sunny side of the country right now? I'm really good, thank you. How about you? You, uh, oh, yeah. you do not get the sun there as much in Boston. Not as much. We have the leaves. The leaves are all orange now. Uh, uh, we get people coming up from other states to check out our, our foliage and all that. Yeah, you, but, even uh, had, you even had one guest come up, didn't you? You had Mr. Sasha. We did. last. Uh, actually, we went live with Sasha last week while he was here at my house, and that was so successful. It inspired me to just go live again instead of uh, you know, trying to pre-record the stuff and, and, and whatever. Just uh, this is a bit more fun. Yeah, it's better. And hopefully people will start typing in this chat window. Yeah, we should do a better job of telling people when we're going to do this, and then maybe people will <laughs> show up a little bit faster. But perhaps we'll get some 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 midday uh, subscribers that are working from home today and, and checking out our little conversation here. Yeah, that's right. And don't forget, there's a lot of people in England right now. It's 9 p.m. Perfect time. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> it is 9 p.m. 9 p.m. over in, in the, the U.K. where we have a large portion of our fan base. Um, yep. You would think the largest portion, but the numbers say differently. They say they say it's the Americans, but maybe that's just because where there's more of us, bigger, fatter Americans. Yeah, probably true. <laughs> so uh, what's been happening? It's been a while since we've done these. Me and you had a conversation because you've been away. I have. I have been away in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, and it has been a, such a great time. <laughs> such yeah. a real Oh yeah, dude. I I mean, like we go on every year. We we go on our Infinite Man Summit trips, and and uh, you know I get to travel a decent amount for work to different parts of the country. And I've been super thankful for all the travel I've gotten to do for work. But this was the first time in ten years that I have taken a vacation, like a real vacation. Uh, that was all on my own. I had one vacation five years ago with my family, but it you know it's a family vacation. You can't get you you know you don't want to be shit faced in front of your family and then dragging yourself around all hungover, at least not at, not at 30, maybe at 25. But, yeah. um, but besides that, uh, every other trip I've been on has, I've been working to some capacity, either teaching pickup or working for, uh, the, you know, the, the production company on the, on the event or whatever. So this time my wife and I actually got to just relax every single day and, and, you know, just, just live it up. Now, before everybody drops off and says, I don't want to hear about this guy with his feet up on the uh, poolside, maybe reading a boring book, going through all the Game of Thrones series, uh, <laughs> let's tell the people this is a slightly different vacation to anyone might usually go on. Right. Yes. So now this is the part where I get excited because this is... So it's, it's, it's a swingers vacation. It's what's called a resort takeover. So what that means is, you know, uh, 51 weeks out of the year, this is a regular vacation spot that anybody can go to. Families can go there. It's all inclusive. You know, um, you hang around by the pools and you've got your beach out front and, and it's all great. Now, a lot of places in Mexico are also clothing optional. So I'm not sure if this place was clothing optional anyway, um, some places are clothing optional and they're like, they're, they're nudist resorts and they are built for families as weird as that still kind of, you know, Hey, I don't judge anybody. Uh, and I know that nudity can be non-sexual, but anyway, point is 
you get more clothing optional resorts outside of America. Well, we find one, one such place and we say, okay, well, we're gonna take over the entire hotel. So the only people at this hotel are the people our group brings. So basically nobody is gonna complain about anybody else doing any of the things that we're all there to do. And um, what, what then happens is we all run around naked, uh, having our drinks, swimming up to the bar. We have uh, theme parties every single night, uh, different themes. So we had like, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, pimps and hoes, cops, cops and firemen, um, glow night, uh, uh, you know, st stuff like that. And you basically meet friendly couples, try to ha try to establish some sort of connection, and then take them back to your room to have an awesome sexual experience. And wow. uh, yeah, and that's how I what I spent seven full days doing just last week. <laughs> Disneyland for adults, then. It really, yeah, I really think it is like a, a sexual a sexual Disneyland. It's kind of like a sexual Epcot Center because at these events there's. There's people representing the bell curve of not just like not just ages, body types, but also ethnicities. And then then once you get past that, there's another layer of like what are people into. So I've become a much more. Uh, I mean, I knew a ton about sex before getting into the swing scene, but I've learned so much about so much even more about sex after getting into it like different kinks that people are into, different actual physical ways of doing certain things. Like, like I learned how to build a, um, I learned how to build a KY wrestling ring on a hotel bed, like impromptu without making a mess, easy cleanup. We could set up a KY wrestling ring and take it down within the hour, leave no trace. Yeah, you know, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have learned that without, uh, without meeting some of these ingenious people. Uh-uh, yeah, that's pretty amazing. You, uh... It does definitely sounds like a wild vacation and not the usual honeymoon. <clears throat> a lot of a lot of newlyweds they do go to Mexico uh, to honeymoon and vacate, but uh, yours definitely sounds different. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, <clears throat> a little well, bit different. I mean, my story is like like I wouldn't be married right now if not for the swing scene, um, and uh, and the reason. The, well, there's a lot of reasons, but the I'll, I'll start with sort of like the I'll start with the, the 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 pragmatic reason first. So after my divorce, I was like, you know what? I don't really believe in the institution of marriage anymore. You know, I don't consider it something sacred. I don't consider it something religious. Um, it doesn't seem to serve like a real purpose in the modern era anymore. So I don't think I'm going to do it again. I decided that I would find uh, a female partner. And if she wanted to have a commitment ceremony, then we would do that. And it would look exactly like a wedding. And to everybody on the outside, they could call it a wedding and she could call it a wedding and whatever, but I just wasn't gonna legally take the steps to make it official uh, because I didn't see the point. Then I'm going on my first ever swingers cruise. And one of the people I meet on the cruise is a lawyer. And he deals with like, you know, marital law and issues and things like that. And he told me, he goes, hey, here's the deal. Marriage is a protected status. It's more than you can just do with contracts. So like what I thought is whatever legal issues I need to cover my ass on, children, healthcare, whatever, we would just sign a, a, sign a separate contract and be like, look, there you go. Um, but he's like, no, that's not really what the, the government lets you do. And he summed it up like this. He said, if you slip off of a train platform in Manhattan, uh, your wife can sue the New York Transit Authority, but your girlfriend cannot. 
and me wanting to make sure, like still knowing that I'm going to have a long-term partner that I'm going to eventually perhaps have children with, I never wanted to leave somebody like, uh, leave somebody screwed like that simply because I had some, you know, emotional hang up over the, the, the term marriage or whatever. So that was the first thing that changed my mind. So like in a very real way, if I hadn't gone to that one specific swing trip, I, I wouldn't have had that conversation. I wouldn't have decided to get married. But beyond just that, it was really the examples I got to see of older people that had been married for decades in the swinging lifestyle and just how extremely happy they are, how happy, how fun, how adventurous. And this is people from all the way up 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. I've even met some some like like 80 year olds that I can't unsee. I can't unsee the, the naked 80 year olds. Uh, but for them to be super happy and like we've been together for, I mean, shit, they're 80 years old. Well, some of them, it's their second marriage and they've been together for 40 years. Uh, you know, 50 years or whatever, but but just how happy and community, and they always they always talk about the same things. You got to keep it alive. You got to keep it adventurous. You got to you know you got to keep it sexy. You got to stay invested in each other and put the effort in. And when you're doing something like swinging, it just inherently makes it easier to do all of those things because there's always like another date you could go on, another event coming up, another couple you could meet. So it makes you say, you know what? I want to take care of myself and I want to continue to not dress like a slob. And I want to, you know, I want to stay, uh, you know, keep my masculine energy up. Um, so that way I can, I can continue to attract people, you know, other people. And in doing that, you're also going to continue to attract your main partner, your, your, your wife, your girlfriend, whatever, all the things that help you stay attractive to those other women are also what keep you attracted to her. And since she's already there and gets to see you all the time and is around your attractiveness all the time it just strengthens that thing that you have and just makes you go uh go super crazy for each other yeah that's right i think in a <clears throat> excuse me in a lot of marriages people can uh isolate themselves and just be with that one person the guy she doesn't like you going out seeing your your guy friends and you don't you get envious of her girlfriends and stuff like that but with the swinging community it seems from what you've said like there is a real community and couples with friends, with other couples, you're interacting with a lot of people uh, heavily. How have you found that on your current relationship? Yeah, that's exactly one of the biggest benefits that I see to it. So like I, I, I gave a 90 minute talk um, demystifying the, the swinging scene uh, three years ago at Infinite Man Summit Acapulco version number one. Uh, that was in 2015. Now we've got Infinite Man, quick plug, Infinite Man Summit Acapulco, February 2019. I'll be there speaking again, not exactly sure on what yet. But um, uh, when I gave that talk, I, I was one of the points that I was trying to make is that swinging is not a situation. Number one, it's not like whatever image you might have from the 1970s, right? It's not like this, this sort of seemingly random type of thing where people are getting together for just completely anonymous orgies and stuff like that. Turns out that's actually more of a European thing than an American thing. Um, we've had a lot of people go over to Europe and visit clubs in France and, and places like that. And they say that it obviously it depends on the club, but there are places in Europe where the sex club is where you go to have sex. You don't go to talk, you don't go to drink. You go there to basically make eye contact with somebody and that's enough of a yes to like then get busy. Right. And you may, yeah, and you may or may not even trade information after that. 
in the states and a lot and on a lot of these trips the cruises the resorts and stuff like that it's it's a little bit more different it's a you know you might still hook up with someone quickly like you might talk to somebody for five or ten minutes and say hey let's go let's go play um but then usually you're like okay what's your what's your contact info i want to we want to hang out with you guys again when's the next trip you're going on blah 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 and this is still even though it's worldwide and it's way more it's in way more places than you think and there's way more people doing it than you think it's still a very small community when you compare it to the rest of the world i mean mm -hmm. there's probably um i don't know there's probably a few million of us maybe and when you when you think about like the entirety of the world that's not a lot of people but even within that few million and then when you go to these events and you're talking about 250 couples or cruises can take anywhere between 1200 and 1500 couples so that's the that's the most amount of swingers you're going to find in one location ever like if you want if you want the best chances of meeting you know any type of person you could possibly meet then you want to go on a cruise because the bell curve of like i said ages body types preferences is going to be fully represented so like on my first cruise people are always concerned of like well i'm a young guy I'm in my 20s or my early 30s. I don't want to hook up with eight with eight, like ancient ugly hippies. Well, good. I don't either. You don't have to. There's plenty of people your own age um, if you if you go to the right places. Yeah, um, I think that's a uh, big a big issue uh, for people. And there's some we've got some comments in the in the live chat. We oh, can I'm you not see these? See I can't see them. No. Yes. Yeah, so, so how about you tell me what the what the <clears throat> the comments are? Okay, so I had to pull it up on a different window as well. So sorry. Yes, Dominic, we are not just talking amongst ourselves. We do see you there. Uh, Dre, we see you. Uh, Jacko, I believe that's how you say your name. How um, can I, what window are they on? So I had to jump to YouTube on a different screen because this community? is just giving me, yeah, this is just giving me. In All right. Side. Well, you, I can't see it. So you, you tell me what <clears throat> they're asking and we'll respond. Uh, quickly though, you asked about the community, and I went on a little tangent there. But yeah, the um, there there's in the local, in your local area, um, you're gonna be seeing the same people a lot. So you'll have the same the same people will have house parties regularly. The same companies will take over hotels uh, regularly. So if you go to these events often, a couple times a year, uh, you're probably gonna run into the same people. So reputation is very important. People need to feel. Uh, safe and respected from you and if you're one of those guys that's not that way or if you and your partner don't belong there because your relationship is too dramatic or you haven't had the proper conversations to get on the same page then you'll very quickly kind of you know fail out of the scene uh, you basically you'll either lose the motivation to go or, or or people will you know sort of distance themselves from you which will discourage you from from wanting to go <coughs> excuse me <coughs> But the reason we're even talking about this on this channel is because if you follow our advice, uh, you know, in our communication, the, what we teach for communication skills, and especially around social freedom, then you can become like I, I really consider the swing lifestyle to be the the pickup promised land. Like if you're if you're at all decent at at pickup interpersonal communication, making friends, having conversations then you can very, very quickly get a lot of really cool friends in the swing scene. Because like I said, the representation of personalities is the normal bell curve that you'll find anywhere. So there's gonna be people that are super shy wallflowers who will go to these events and they'll go to event after event after event 
just standing there like this, not talking to anybody, just hoping that someone comes up and talks to them. And then you got the other end of the curve, like me, who's like, I'm gonna run the newbie orientation. I'm gonna I'm gonna say hi to every single new face that comes through this door, so they get to know me and I get to know them, and 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 you know we can be friends and take it from there and and blah blah blah. So you get the whole representation. So if you're one of those people that's on my side of the curve, if you're one of the outgoing people, then you can essentially create whatever sort of fantastical sex life you have ever dreamed of. I've all at this point, guys. I'm not lying. I'm I've run out of fantasies. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm seriously on my vacation. I was like brainstorming, like what do I what do I want to do next? And yeah, I'm, I'm, gonna, like, I'm gonna dress my girlfriend up as a cake. And I'm gonna be the baker. Yeah. Uh, actually, I really like that idea, Chris. <laughs> I, I started researching new fetishes to see if I might be interested. There's one called splashing, and splashing is really where you just make a, a big mess on a person. So you literally would like take a cake and like cover a girl in cake, or cover her in sprinkles, or cover her in hot chocolate, or oil, or or, or wax, or whatever. It's called the other, the, uh, the I think splashing is the European term, and the American term is wet and messy, wem. Um, or maybe that's reversed, but either way, I like splashing. It, it sounds more fun, but I haven't really, haven't really fully on tried it, but I'm like, yeah, that could be cool. Balloons. Balloons are a fetish. I haven't yeah. tried yet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Actually, so what do we, what do w, we got for questions? Uh, w H A M wet, hot and messy. That's what George Michael named his band after. So there you oh, go. There's a fact. Are you serious? I didn't know that, that, that was true? true. I just made that up in my head. Oh my God, that would it be, could be so true. Funny. Let's start that rumor. Andrew Ridgely <laughs> and George Michael, that was them. Wet, hot, and <laughs> great. I like it. <laughs> so there's no, there's no real swinging questions coming in, but I know you've got some crazy stories, and I know people are interested, and I think a lot of people are curious but nervous to to get into this world. I think it's a big step on like, yeah, I can admit that I'm interested in, in females. I can admit that I'm actively dating, that I'm trying to improve my dating life, but that it's an extra step. It's a edge beyond the ledge. An so, edge beyond the ledge. I like that. Yeah. Well, what, that was one of the things, one of the pieces of feedback that I, I, well, I didn't get, I just noticed from the crowd uh, when I gave this talk the first time to our, to our, uh, to our audience. The young guys who are still struggling with getting their dating life together, still struggling with getting their sex life together, the guys that say, you know, like who who haven't said to themselves, I want to have this specific sexual interaction and then went out and made it happen. If you're not one of those guys yet, it can be very, very hard to even imagine the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. And I know that firsthand because, look, guys, I didn't get into this until a lot of stuff had to happen to me before I was willing to open my mind to non-monogamy. Uh, I mean, I had, I wanted to marry every single one of my girlfriends from the age of like 14. And so like, I really, like that's where my brain was, was strictly monogamous and oh yeah, I'm gonna marry you. We're just gonna keep getting older and stay together and blah, blah, blah. So three types of those relationships ended with the last one of them being a marriage. And that's when I started to go, you know what? Maybe I'm just following the wrong map. Right, as J.J. Roberts in Sex 3.0 would say, like you're following the wrong you you th you think you're following the right directions because this is what everybody told you, but that's not necessarily true. Um, so that's when I decided I said, you know what, let me experiment with this non-monogamy thing and and see how it feels. I'm going to give myself X amount of time. I'm going to give myself X amount of patience. I'm going to 
prepare, prepare for X amount of heartache and jump in with both feet and see what happens. And as soon as I did that, very quickly did I start to see the benefits. Um, and I'm not saying that you guys would see the benefits uh, um, of general non-monogamy. It might, uh, you might not see the benefits right away. If you are in an established loving relationship and the both of you have been considering a, like opening the relationship or being non-monogamous or something like that, I would very, very strongly advise that you try swinging first. Do not try, we, I mean, you can, that's the way I did it, but this is why I'm telling you do it the opposite. It, 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 open relationships are really difficult because you're left to deal with your own emotions in a vacuum. You're all by yourself. Your partner goes out there on their own, on their having their own separate date. You're at home with nothing to do, watching TV, twiddling your thumbs. And your brain, if you're anything like me, the monsters you create in your brain are always going to be far worse than, than anything you can find in real life. So swinging actually offers you a way around that because with that, you ba basically decide with each other, okay, we're only as comfortable as this. We're, we're only going to watch, right? Or we're only going to have conversations with these people today. We're only going to flirt and see what happens. We're only going to dance. We're only going to watch. We're only going to go this far. And you can decide and you can baby step it together. So it creates this bonding experience as you go along. Okay, so uh, I just watched I just watched this guy put his hand on your ass. You know, I thought I'd have a problem with it, but it turns out I was kind of okay with it. I might I might even be a little turned on by it. I'm not sure yet. How did you feel? Were you comfortable? Okay, you were comfortable. Okay, so I was comfortable. You were comfortable. That's okay with us. On to the next thing, right? And you can take as long or as short as you want. I mean, I came in from a, from years of experience of polyamory and open relationships. And even, even with that experience, so my partner and I are off having sex with other people, but then when we got together to swing, so now we're gonna play in the same room and actually see each other doing these things, we decided, you know what? We're, we're gonna take it slow and we're not gonna fully have sex with other people in front of each other yet because we didn't know if we were emotionally ready to see that or to handle that. But we just took our time and um, just like any other sort of learning process, you, uh, you know, your, your mentality, your perspective shifts over time. And as each sort of layer got peeled back, we gained more and more benefits to what we were doing. We found we got closer and closer. There's this thing I talk about called, uh, th there's a concept called reclamation sex, which is the, the sex that you have right after you've hooked up with another couple, um, which is fucking intense it's 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 pretty much like rolling sober like like you can all the if you've ever done molly if you've ever done pure mdma the kind that just makes you want to bond and talk and and cuddle and and just love each other um that's the feeling you can get from swinging and and it's natural and it can last for fucking days um and and that but that's something that you could never you can never know that until you do it firsthand. It's swinging is very similar to um, going to a rave or 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 uh, or having a, a unique drug experience in the sense that I can't really fully explain it to you ahead of time. You kind of have to have the experience yourself, yeah. and only then can you decide. Yeah. Say say you're on a roller coaster. Try and explain how your stomach feels when you're on a roller coaster to somebody who's never done that, never traveled at that kind of speed before anything like that. I can't, I've never been swinging. I don't know exactly what it's like, but I imagine it's one of those experiences that just can't summarize. A roller coaster is a really good example. And actually the roller coaster is what I use as an example when we talk about teaching people social freedom as well. 
like if I told you about a roller coaster and you've never been been on one, I'd say, okay, so it's this giant, loud, super fast metal device. You're held into it with the thinnest of of <laughs> of uh, fabric straps. Um, uh, uh, you know, if it's like an old rickety one or, you know, or, or it can say, okay, fine. You're not held in with a thin strap. You're held in with a secure harness, but you're dangling, yeah. you know, in midair, it's going to go really fast, twist you all around at speeds and angles. You're not supposed to go in. Uh, you're going to feel really scared for half of it. And, um, but I promise you afterward, it's going to like, it's also going to be a lot of fun. That's, that's not the greatest sales pitch. No, you, you yeah. know? Yeah. I'd even say, the most, excuse me, the roller coasters that I've been on, I could definitely wiggle my way out of that harness if I wanted to. You know, you could, uh, you could quite easily get on a roller coaster and fall to your death if you wanted to. But it's a, it's, a, it's a wild ride that a lot of people find a lot of fun. And we've had some questions come in. Um, yes, Rusty Zaka, this is Party Pony. <laughs> um, is there any? Is there ever any jealousy amongst swingers? Great question. Excellent question. So uh, um, the best way to answer it is that, yes, there's definitely some jealousy. Um, but swingers basically accept ahead of time that there will be jealousy that people have to deal with. So what I say, when, as, as for non-monogamy in general, I, I tell people I've traded nagging. Uh, which I believe when your partners when partners nag each other, I believe this is this nagging is a symptom of existential disappointment, right? Like basically, you're unhappy with your life, you're unhappy with your existence, but because you're doing everything that social norms are telling you you're supposed to do, you don't know where the problem is coming from, uh, so you just blame the person that you're with, right? So if you're in a long-term relationship and you're like, I'm unhappy, but you know she's really good to me and I'm good to her and I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do and blah, 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 blah. Well, when you still feel unhappy, you're like, well, she must not be that great. And you start looking for, looking for issues. So I say I've traded nagging for processing. So instead of finding little things to piss each other off about, we just a lot more frequently than other couples talk about our feelings and talk about our emotions and talk about whatever. So how that would look, how jealousy would look with a, with a healthy swing couple. Now, if jealousy is there, I don't, some people believe that jealousy is a natural part of human existence, that we evolve jealousy to keep our, to keep people from encroaching on our, on our territories, on our mates and blah, 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 blah. Um, but that kind of runs counter to the other theory where we, where we evolved in egalitarian tribes, where there wasn't any such thing as ownership. So there was really no need for a concept like jealousy, right? Um, uh, uh, and then you, there are certain studies where they show that animals don't, that animals only act jealous and territorial, depending on the animal, uh, in confines when there's, when there's scarcity, but when they're out in the wild, um, they, there's no, there's no jealousy, there's no murder, there's no whatever. I'm thinking about bonobo specifically, but I think there's, there's more than one example. Anyway, point I'm trying to make is if you are a jealous person, I don't, I don't judge. The question is how jealous are you comfortable being? How much progress on that jealousy do you want to make? And how can you create the type of swing relationship that doesn't trigger your jealousy in an unhealthy way? And the quickest example I can give for that is you become what are called unicorn hunters. And you like that term, Chris, unicorn hunter? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. interested. Break it down for me. What does it mean? All right. So there are some couples in the scene, and this is sometimes this is by request of the wife, and sometimes it's by request of the man. One thing that I need to 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 mention is that the swing scene is run by women. It is run by the women. The women are the ones who dictate whether or not they feel safe and comfortable enough to take their clothes off. So if the woman doesn't feel safe and comfortable, then nothing's gonna happen. So like I've gone into a lot of different environments before thinking I was gonna see some like quintessentially sketchy situation, like like um like some horrible scene from a movie, like where you walk into a room and like all the guys are surrounded by the girl and she's just got this like washed out look in her face like she's on drugs or something like that. Never seen it. Usually you walk into these situations and people are like, hi. Thanks for coming. So nice to meet you. So the you know the condoms and lube are over there, and the refreshments are over there. And Becky brought her homemade meatballs again, and so glad you can make it. You know, like and and everybody just feels even in New York City. I went to these places that where it's like the doorway was hidden, and you had to. It was really sort of sketchy to find the place, or whatever. And then I walk in, and the guy's like, "Welcome, welcome. It's so so glad you can make it. Here's the ground rules. Here's the security situation. Here's the blah 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 blah. So everybody feels safe." Um, uh, uh. But anyway, bringing, bringing, bringing it back to unicorn hunters. So this is a couple, a male and female couple that only hooks up with single females. Single females in the scene are called unicorns because everybody wants them. Um, and they're not, they're not so hard to catch uh, as real unicorns. There's, there's still a good contingency <laughs> of unicorns. But um, uh, a good, good friend of mine is in such a relationship where he would be happy to play with another woman, um, but his girlfriend is like, no, I don't want you to. I'll, she says, I'll play with other girls with you, um, and, and when I'm playing with you, you can do whatever you want to the other girl, uh, but I don't want to swap with another man. So some guys might out, th out there might consider that the best possible situation, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, 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 that's true. There is one question that came in, um, Similar, similar to that uh, from Jacko says, uh, I had a threesome with my girlfriend and her friend. Now he doesn't specify the uh, gender of her friend. Mm -hmm. um, but he says that he loved it, but his girlfriend didn't. How can I make her more open to it? Mm, great question. So you definitely, well, I mean, if he, if Jocko, if you're still there and you could provide a couple more details, the more details, the better. But Essentially, you want to find out, was she uncomfortable with the specific situation or is she uncomfortable with the concept of group sex or, or non-monogamy? If she's uncomfortable with the specific situation, that's a relatively easy fix. You find a different person to play with. And there's different ways you could go about finding that person. Um, my favorite way is going to a lifestyle event, going to a, 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 a swinger event, a non-monogamy meetup, a poly meetup or whatever. There's different types of events that you can go to uh, that are better or worse for what you're looking for. So if you're, if you're like, I just want to introduce my girlfriend to the atmosphere, because guys, there's, it's hard. Yeah, like I said, I can't really fully communicate how amazing it is. You got to go. Um, but the joke is, and I'll tell you, if you've followed me before, you might've heard me tell the, tell this joke before, but the joke is it takes a man three hours to convince his partner to go to their first swinger event. Three hours, come on, you're gonna, come on, let's just go, blah, blah, blah. And then once she's there, it takes you three hours to get her to fucking leave because she's <laughs> having so much fun. Yeah, 
And and that is super true. I mean, that was super true for me the first time I went. Like my, it was even my 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 wife's girlfriend at the time, but my my wife's idea where she was like, yeah, let's give it a try. I was I was actually in a bad mood and I didn't want to go. And she was like, let's go, we'll give it a try. And then she got there and and by the end of it, she was like, this is amazing. We're definitely doing this again. But you could go to a, a meet and greet and at a meet and greet, there's not gonna be any sex. So you're just gonna meet people, maybe dance with some people. Chance you can see some titties on the dance floor, but uh, but meet and greets are really just that. So you would go to introduce her to the to the swinging environment, to the types of people that you're gonna meet. And then when you see how how no pressure, drama-free, outgoing, friendly, inviting, warm, welcoming the people are, that might make her go, oh, okay, I can see how I could be comfortable in this environment and I just need to meet you know, a man or a woman or a couple that I feel attracted to, right? So if she doesn't have an issue with the concept and it was really just the specific girl or, or, or guy, um, Chris, did he ever update you on? If yeah, he did. He said it was a female friend and it definitely was a jealousy issue. Ah, so yeah. Maybe he See, was. So th this is another benefit of the swing scene because this is a lot of people. They say, you know what? Um, who do I feel comfortable having a threesome with? Well, my friends. But your friends aren't always the best people to have uh, one of those situations with because it could create the jealousy because you're so close to home. As a matter of fact, in my non-monogamous relationship, the the rules of who you cannot hook up with are as follows: no friends, first of all no family, no coworkers, and no enemies, right? So those are, those are basically the guidelines. Enemies, obvious, coworkers, because you could create this, number one, it's unprofessional. Number two, you could create a situation where like, you, you really, unless you're trying to be polyamorous and you're actually trying to fall in love with multiple people, it's not a wise idea to see somebody that you're sleeping with every single day. Like that person is going to become your partner. That, that's just the way that our humans work. You can't, it's, it's, we're biologically programmed that way that if you see somebody that you're sleeping with on a daily basis, I don't care if she's, if she's ugly. Like if you slept with this girl once or twice and she's not your normal type and she's ugly, but you see her every single day and you guys continue to flirt, she's gonna become your girlfriend, all right? So it's, so it's not a good idea to, to sleep with coworkers unless you're trying to be poly. Um, family should be obvious. Uh, but then friends, even the friends where they're like, oh, no, I totally get where you're coming from and I understand you and I'm not going to judge and I'm not going to respect. I, I am going to respect. We give those people like multiple years to prove it to us. So we have brought friends. We have brought friends with us to swing parties and we have purposefully not hooked up with them, not made a pass at them uh, for like a solid year to make sure that they really understand where where we're coming from and fully respect our relationship, right? Like we don't want them to be like, oh, we've been friends, but now that we're sleeping together, you know, I can, I can grab Mike's ass in public or something like that, right? So, I mean, these are the things that your girlfriend might be worried about is that now her female friend might feel that she has greater liberties with you than she did before the sex. So an immediate thing that you can do with your girlfriend to make her feel better is just reestablish the boundaries in your relationship. Reestablish and say, hey, number one, thank her. Thank her a million times. If you haven't already done so, go out and buy her flowers. Even if this shit was in the past, you should say, hey, you know, I just point out this video. There's nothing that you can't share with her here. And be like, hey, this, this, this put my head right. This inspired me. I want to say thank you a million times for all that. But I also want to tell you that what we have is this. 
our, our agreed upon rules and boundaries in our relationship are this, and I continue, I plan to continue to follow them as long as you want us to follow them. If we, you know, I want us to have more special occasions like this, um, but you know, if you don't want to become a swinger, if you just want to have the occasional threesome every now and then, then say so. Give her that sort of comfort, right? Uh, if you are getting interested in the swing scene, then one of the benefits that prevents jealousy is the fact that these people are all, for the most part, married, right? Like when you meet, when your girlfriend meets the soccer mom with three kids who only has time to get away to have sex with other people like once every three months or something like that, she is not going to represent a very big threat to her. Also, depending on how old you guys are, you could, if, if, you're, if you're lower than 35, if you're younger than 35, you're gonna be some of the youngest people in the room. So that automatically makes you, you might make you more, look, I've seen, some, I've seen some 50 year old women with bodies better than 20 year olds, no joke. They work their asses off every single day to keep that figure and, uh, and they are a great fucking time. And they're a great time fucking. Um, but, uh, 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 but like if you're under 35, you're going to be some of the most youthful looking people in the room. So that might also comfort your girlfriend in the sense of like, oh, okay, you know, that might get make, that might give her a sense of superiority that could be good training wheels to get through the first bouts of dealing with the jealousy. You don't want that superiority forever. Cause you don't want it. You don't want it to be ego based. You want to get over your ego. Um, but I think yeah. this is helping. Is this helping, Chris? That sounds exactly like the uh, the answer that he needed. Uh, I think be very open in, in talking with it. He's updated us a little bit and says, uh, like I mentioned, that he thinks it stems from jealousy. I feel like if she was ugly, then she wouldn't care. Her friend keeps showing interest, but she seems to not want that again. So that's great to, to suggest to mm -hmm. suggest to him to have the conversation about this is what our relationship is. We're right. on this level. Right. This and, is a totally and, different thing. And another thing is like, so the other, the friend keeps showing interest, uh, which is probably threatening. It's Joel, Joel's girlfriend. Jacko, J-A-K-O. Jacko, okay. So yeah, so the, because the other friend is showing interest, that is threatening Jacko's girlfriend. So, uh, which, which is obvious. And this can happen sometimes. I mean, watch the movie Chasing Amy, like this. <laughs> Like even the suggestion of a threesome uh, in that movie was disastrous. Um, but it's actually an excellent movie as far as like learning how to get over people's pasts. Anyway, shout out to Kevin Smith. Um, uh, uh, so Jocko, you got to shut that down. You got to shut down the friend continuing to make passes at you. And you basically, what you might want to do, number one, if you are having separate text conversations between you and your girlfriend and you and the other girl, you got to stop that immediately. Uh, if there is no person that you and your girlfriend have sex with that you're not in a group text situation with, that cuts down on the jealousy right like that because then she like nobody feels like and no like anybody's hiding anything from whatever. Um, the next thing you should do is talk to your girlfriend and say, "Hey, honey, I can tell that." Um, this situation has made you uncomfortable. And maybe, look, it's good to admit when you've done something that you might not have done because showing that sense of calibration gives your girlfriend comfort that you're gonna address her feelings. So if you say, you know what, I'm really glad that we had this experience because I like the group sex experience. I like the group sex, but I don't need to have it with your friend. And maybe it was a mistake to use our friends 
because we didn't know what we didn't know. We didn't know that it was a better idea to bring in a sexy stranger, you know, a sexy, perhaps even married stranger who would offer no, no possible drama, right? So, uh, so you tell your girlfriend like, these are our boundaries, and like, I really want to explore this more with you, but we're gonna we're gonna be more conscious about it now. We're gonna read some books together. We're gonna, dude. I will do a Skype call with you and your girlfriend and my wife will get on the phone and we will answer all of your questions about this stuff and give you a little, you know, a little starter kit for how to find uh, how to find the right kinds of parties in your in your scene and what to talk about and what might come up first. I mean, I'll be I'd be happy to do that as one of my normal uh, Skype calls. So um, if you have any interest in that uh, info at infinitemansummit.com and just ask me about it, I'll send you the link. You. Um, pay, you book the time, and there we go. So I'd be more than happy to answer these things specific to you guys and, and whatever. Um, but then step number three, so remember step number, uh, what was step number one, Chris? Uh, to actually have the conversation. Yeah, I, anyway, you can rewind this later. But uh, <laughs> uh, step number one, have a conversation with your girlfriend, then, oh no, step number one was group texts. Don't, don't right, not right, be right, in group right. texts. Um, have a conversation with your girl, and then three, Tell your girlfriend what you're going to tell her friend and then either do it in a group text together or do it next time you see each other or whatever the smoothest thing that you think is going to be because you don't want to make this a big deal, a big deal that it has to be. And what you're going to say to your friend is like, hey, thank you for that experience. We had an amazing time. However, um, we think that in the future, we're probably going to hook up with people that we know less well because... Uh, um, we think we're gonna be more comfortable in a situation like that. And I mean, I think she should be able to intuitively understand, you know, why, if she goes, why? Well, it's, well, because we know you too well and, it, and it's causing a little yeah. bit of drama and we wanna put, we wanna put things in their proper place, you know? And, um, and, and if you tell the friend, if the friend seems all disappointed, you can say, well, look, we're gonna be researching, uh, you know, other alternatives, like the proper places where you can go to have drama-free, highly respectful, highly safe and comfortable uh, creative sexual situations and we're happy to share our research with you. Or better yet, Jocko, you could be the guy that goes to the swing party with two girls on his arm. There you go, I was just like, gonna say that. Doesn't that make the, uh, the friend the unicorn? Yeah, basically you're, it makes your friend the unicorn which makes for the most popular girl at the party. So if you tell her, look, we're not gonna hook up with you anymore, but we're gonna bring you to environments where you're gonna become the most popular girl at the party just by walking through the fucking door, that's not a bad trade-off, right? I mean, if somebody, if somebody gave me that, I wouldn't be disappointed in that alternative, right? That's right. Now, I know you do have calls lined up and you've probably gotta get to them soon, but uh, can you give these guys a, a juicy story or something that maybe went down in your most recent uh, trip down to Mexico or? Or something yeah. that popped into your mind before we wrap this up? Yes. So, I mean, I've got, yeah, we, this was supposed to be about more wild stories, but I'm always happy to give people useful advice. Cause I like, like, I got, I got, uh, it's been over the last few years, my sex life has been so crazy that I can't tell anybody about it. <laughs> Cause they, they either can't relate to it or they get envious or it makes me look like I'm bragging too much, right? right. So like, I'd rather, I, le I, I prefer when people go, Mike, please tell us a story. And then I'm like, <laughs> okay, okay, here we go. Um, well, uh, I'll tell the story of how I got married. Um, so on, on a swingers cruise. 
So I work on these swingers cruises and my, uh, my main job for most of the time is to actually run the playroom, to manage the playroom. The, the, we set up, we, we take one of the indoor pools on the, uh, on the ship and we create, we bring on like, like 69 to be funny, 69 vinyl mattresses. So these are nice, comfy mattresses, big and wide, like, uh, like, mm, I don't know, just a little bit less than queen size, maybe twins. Cool. I don't know. But they're, they're vinyl. So they're really easy to clean. We basically spray them with disinfectant and, and, you know, wipe them down every time. Then we build, um, we use pipe and drape. It like hangs, you take these hollow pipes and you build them around and you cover it in drape to make like little, uh, little walls around it. So you've got private little booths, semi-private booths, and then open area booths that like, that we call like orgy pads or, you know, whatever. Um, so I'm running that thing. Uh, and, um, that gets me really familiar with the, like the cruise director and, and, you know, I'm part of the production team and all that kind of stuff. So after I get engaged, we do the research to figure out like how much would it be to get married on the ship? And if we got married through the real cruise company, it would be thousands of dollars and they want you to like buy their special rate or whatever. But if we, and they're, and they're also restrictive of like what has to be in the ceremony and where you can get married. If I just do a, you know, under the table deal with the, with the, with the ship director, then I could get married like right on the dance floor in the middle of the pool party. And like, that'll be, that'll be really cool. So that's what we plan. We, we go to the next cruise and we're all ready to go. And before we're there on the first night, we realize, oh shit, my fiance forgot her wedding dress. And it wasn't a big, uh, yeah, it wasn't like a big frilly wedding dress. So like it was small so we could pack it and get it on the, on the ship. But she forgot not just that, but all of her theme costumes, like everything. She had them in one bag. She had taken it out of her, out of her suitcase at her mom's house before we left, forgot to put it back in. And so we just left all these sexy outfits at her mother's house um, and just prayed she didn't go through the, through the bag. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but we're like, what are we going to do? So we debated back and forth. We were like, oh, well, we could get married naked. That would be kind of an interesting story. Oh, we could do this. We could borrow clothes or whatever. And then um, one of the other people that we were friends with on the cruise was the body artists, the body paint artists. Ah. Yes, and they were so nice. And this is this is like the winner and runner up from the the show Skin Wars that was on Sci-Fi a few years a few years back. Yep. Um, so they're really really good at what they do. And they offered to uh, give us full body paint makeup to get married in, and that's what we ended up doing. Wow. So yeah. So uh, let me see. It's gonna look like shit, but I probably have a picture here on the phone. Um, uh, so you're wearing body paint. Uh, in front of multiple couples, lots About of people. Probably three hundred people. So three three hundred couples. Probably three hundred couples. Wow. Um, were uh, were there? All right. Here's my. That's that's hard to see, but oh, there really, you go. can definitely see it. And okay. boom, we've been kicked off YouTube. Oh oh, it's that, it's that. <laughs> so that's that's her body paint right from head to toe. And, um, right. And then here's the two of us together. So I got, I got body painted from the waist up. So I was uh. wearing pants there. And, um, uh, and so we get, we, we do that in front of a whole crowd of people and everybody's cheering and everybody can see. And that's actually how we ended up on our honeymoon. 
because the people who run the resort takeover for the honeymoon saw us get married, correctly assumed that we're a very outgoing couple that would tell <laughs> everybody about everything, and they gifted us the honeymoon. This honeymoon was minimum, we, we, we ever, actually never found out the real price, but at a minimum, this thing is worth like 10, 12 grand. And they wow. were just like, you should just come on the, yeah. I call it the booby discount. And the swing scene, being in the swing scene, no joke, has saved me approaching, and it might even be over $40,000. <laughs> I'm not joking whatsoever. In the four years that I've been involved in the swing scene, I have saved $40,000 on potential trips, vacations, events, um, and uh, dental work. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Well, they, yeah, that's, that's the title of your next book. Uh, 10 grand, do you want an extra 10 grand a year? Take them clothes off. There <laughs> start, you go. There you swinging. go. Make friends, make friends <laughs> naked. Um, but this is but this is all leading up to the crazy story. So as if it wasn't crazy enough, getting married in front of all the people, and we recorded it. We got awesome videos, and I cut it together, and I actually even sent videos like to my parents. It was like, hey, check it out. And there, my mom's like, this is racy. Don't show this to children. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, 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 but what happened is later on that night. So it's our still our wedding night, and we're still in the the makeup, and we decided we're just going to wear it till the next day. Uh, later that night, um, we're on the dance floor, and there's this very attractive woman. I thought she was one of the dancers uh, with with uh, with the, like the other entertainers, and she comes over to us, and she's like, "Hey, aren't?" And she's putting her, her finger down my chest and everything like that. Aren't you the couple that got married today? And I'm like, "We are, yeah." And she was like, "I have wanted to." Fuck you ever since I saw you get up there. And I was like, whoa, honey, honey, <laughs> you know? And um, so uh, so my wife comes over and they those two start dancing. And then there's like, a, like the way that we do the cruise is like we try to build a playroom right next to the club. So you can pull people right off the dance floor onto, you know, onto a place that you can actually have sex with them. And that's exactly what we did. So I ended up having a threesome with this super hot dancer-esque woman on my wedding night. And then I had a foursome after that, so uh, so it was a it was a pretty intense uh, intense wedding night. But the first the, the I tell the first part as a as the the crazy the, like sure it was crazy that we hooked up with we hooked up with like three people on our wedding night. But right. um, that was the first time I ever got star fucked. That like yeah. the first time yeah yeah, yeah I was like oh. I was like yes I'm, I'm somebody, I found a little star fucker this is great. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it turns out that just people really appreciate, again, I bring it, I always bring it back to social freedom because people appreciated the fact that we put ourselves out there, that we did that, that we, cause other people had gotten married on the cruise as well. Even on that same trip, other, another couple got married before us, but nobody knew who the fuck they were. Like they basically right. got married inside at like on the grand foyer or whatever, um, around lunchtime or whatever. We got married outdoors right at the tail end of the pool party in body paint that we wore the whole rest of the day. So just being super outgoing like that and being ourselves really just put a lot, it, 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 it got us laid, it got us paid, it got us, <laughs> you know, travel. Um, and and that's, what I, that's why I tell guys like, if you are a fan of ours, if you're one of our students, if you resonate with the stuff we talk about, about being direct, being straightforward, being vulnerable, putting yourself out there, being socially free, this is why I tell guys you can create, you can build piece by piece the ideal life that you want to build in whatever realm, from your sex life to your business life to your family life. Like that's all I've been doing the last eight years 
has it been eight? No, it's 2018. Yeah, the last the last seven eight years, all I've been doing is just following the social freedom thread towards what's the next thing that might scare me? Let's get over that. And oh my God, now what do, what do I have access to? This is amazing. Yeah, it's super important. All right, let's wrap this up. So if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way? The best way, info at infinitemansummit.com. Um, we still want people to leave messages for us on Anchor. Uh, so, you know, install the Anchor app, search Infinite Man, and just leave us a voice message. You can leave me questions for the next one of these lives. Um, we're, ha we, uh, uh, we're happy to do um, some more interactive stuff if we could, if we, uh, you know, if we can, but yeah, uh, but you yeah. see us at the same time, then jump on these live chats. You can actually ask questions, but you can always follow up with questions or video topic suggestions in the comments below on YouTube right here. So absolutely. Let us cool, know cool. what you want us to talk about and, uh, what tales of debauchery, uh, cause Mike's got a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would like, like, maybe we should do a piece on validation seeking behavior, uh, or, or vat vanity metrics. Cause I, I believe that there's a phase that we all, that men go through where you're not going to feel really comfortable with your, your, your sexual confidence until you have certain experiences. Like, so for me, I was like, I want to have threesomes. I want to have threesomes with, with, with women. Um, that was kind of like my, and I, I basically said, I was like, I don't want to get into another long-term relationship. Uh, I, well, okay. I'll put it because now I'm not monogamous. It doesn't make sense. But back when I was monogamous, I said, after my divorce, I said, I am not becoming monogamous again until I have a threesome. Right. So I was like, I need to have that experience or else I'm not going to feel comfortable in my next relationship. I'm always going to feel like I missed out on something. Yeah. And like, we want to be able to help you guys get past that point because once you're past that point and you've you've had enough of those experiences to realize that they don't really they don't make too much of a difference beyond just checking off that little box in your head um then you get even more patient and even more sort of free from the outcome which makes you even more attractive which makes things happen even more so <laughs> so i like i realized there's a piece of it that a piece of vanity chasing or, or metrics chasing that we have to accomplish just so we can calm the fuck down. And I would love to have a whole conversation with guys about that. Like, what are you, what are the things in your mind that you feel like you need to do before you get married or you need to do before you settle down or, or whatever else? And we can talk about like, did I feel that way? If so, how did I get around it? You know? That's right. Yeah. I think that's a big one for a lot of people. Uh, obviously there's a, there's a long buildup in your life as you lead up to losing your virginity. And then after that, you do want to push to the to the next frontiers. Maybe it's uh, for for many people anal sex, or uh, yeah, threesomes is is another step along that not everybody reaches in their life. Um, but a lot of people that are looking to explore, adventure, and further themselves do want to try these different things. So I think that could be a very interesting conversation. Yeah, maybe we do that one next week. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah. All right. So cool. Well, I hope this has been helpful, informative to people and any other questions, get in touch. And, uh, until the next time you, you happy, silly motherfuckers out there, be ballsy. <laughs>